Hello, and welcome back to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. In this episode, I sit down with fellow podcaster, Jay Phantom. Jay runs the Storybox podcast, which in 2020 was named a top 15 podcast. In the past 12 months, Jay has unboxed over 400 plus stories, including some big names such as Tony Robbins, Matthew McConaughey, Tom and Lisa Bilyeu, Mark Manson, as well as our mutual guest, Dylan Mullen. During our conversation, we journeyed through how the story box began, Jay's advice on reaching out to high-profile individuals to ensure that you get noticed. We also shed light onto some of the behind the scenes of podcasting, what some of the biggest challenges Jay has faced within his podcast, and we also went into goals, goal setting, and the importance of journaling. Jay's personal story is pretty wild. Regardless if you are a podcaster or not, I believe everyone can gain value from this episode. All right, rise with me, my friends, and let's jump into the episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. I'm so excited to um, announce that we have Jay Phantom on the episode today. Jay Phantom is a fellow podcaster and he runs the Storybox podcast. I just have a little bit of information that I want to provide to give some context of this episode because I think it's going to be a really good one. So Jay is many things including the host and creator of the Storybox podcast, a personal development podcast where he unboxes individual stories in the hopes of inspiring and creating an impact on his listeners. Jay has had great success with his podcast, with over 400 interviews under his belt and reaching listeners from over 100 countries. Jay has interviewed many heavy hitters, including Tony Robbins, which I'm just still awestruck about, um, Matthew McConaughey, Bethany Hamilton, Mark Manson, Dr. Edith Edgar, as well as our mutual guest, um, Dylan Mullen, which was on episode 35 for me, I believe. So welcome, Jay, to the Curious One podcast, um, all the way from Sydney, Australia, one of my favorite places in the world. And so I want to start out by asking you, I read that little blurb, which is, pretty impressive. Like, how do you feel sitting on the other side of the microphone and someone is describing this as yourself? Emma, firstly, thank you so much for reaching out to me and asking me to come on your show. I really do appreciate it. Really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I feel honored. Honestly, I (laughs) I really do. I feel humbled, honored. Uh, Sometimes I kind of pinch myself that I get to do this and I get to speak with people that I never actually thought that I would have the opportunity this early on, at least, to speak to. Like, mm-hmm. I still pinch myself today that I got to unbox Tony Robbins' story, just a little bit of that, and same with Matthew McConaughey and, I guess, Bethany Hamilton too. And, like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited at the same time to see what's next and how I can reach more people, how I can grow this, because that was part of my 
my vision and my mission for starting the story box. So appreciate the warm introduction and looking <laughs> forward to diving in even yeah. more. Thank you. Um, so then, okay, let's, let's start from the beginning. How did the story box come about? Like what, what ignited this? Okay, so I originally started the initial version of the Storybox podcast way back in 2018. Not many people know of it back then, uh, but it was a much different concept, a much different uh, idea that I had because I was a, a huge film nerd. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I used to do film reviews all on social media. People were asking me, hey, can you speak about it? You know, can you do more of them? So I thought, what better way, I love talking, what better way to do it in a sort of a, a talk show platform and review good movies that people actually don't really know are good movies. I give my spin on it. We dive into what makes it a good movie in the first place and what makes it a good story. Then we can kind of put it in like this virtual box where people can go back to later on and look at it whenever they want. So the... The initial idea was between me and a good friend of mine, we'd sit down and review these movies. But what ended up happening was we did five episodes. Uh, at the time, I wasn't working full-time. I was working a casual position. I was going to his house to pick him up all the time, bring him to my house. It was taking a lot of time. I wasn't committed. I didn't have the same drive, the same energy that I do with uh, version 2.0, I guess you could say, of the story box. Um, I just it kind of went dead pretty quickly as soon as it had risen. <laughs> so I, I just literally left it how it was. And then I went on with my life. And as the story really goes further down in 2018, I ended up getting into this relationship uh, with a girl and I put literally my entire being, my entire purpose, everything that I was into this relationship, into being with this person for the rest of my life and nothing else was going to, really uh change that at all and uh so fast forward to 2019 uh in january we had to put down uh, my dog of 11 years on the 18th of, of january and that was a very tough moment for me because i had loved this this animal who had been a huge part of my family for quite some time and her and i were like this we were like tight as anything so losing her was a huge challenge for me and i didn't really know how to handle it that well i was grieving at the same time the girl i was dating who i thought would actually be there to support me she said you got to get over it pretty quickly you know you can grieve for a little while but you got to move on move move pretty quick and i guess for me that hurt but there were also warning signs along the way that this relationship wasn't wasn't going to last i chose not to see them i chose to believe that uh, we weren't going to break up and I just kept ignoring everything. So the day came when she actually did break up with me. But at the same time, I had recently got a job in real estate. And I thought, you know, getting this job would change my life completely. I would be, you know, financially independent for the first time in literally forever. Uh, she would want to continue to be with me because now I was quite going to be successful in my life. And that would all help. But literally on the the saturday that i had started she ended everything we went on this like uh one or two week break for her to think and then we didn't really communicate during that time and then i i checked my social media at this open home 
and I noticed all the photos are gone, all everything has just disappeared. And I'm, I just went pale white. I just, I broke down. And because I was at an open house inspection, I couldn't really show that much emotion. So I just went pale white. I internalized everything. And even the, one of the buyers asked me, are you okay, mate? And I said, well, I'm fine. I just smiled it off. But inside, when I went home, I cried. I just had enough. Uh, and then going further into, into the story, about two weeks later, like the, the relationship did not end well. Uh, I got really angry. I was frustrated. Uh, at the same time, things weren't going well for me at work either. So my boss was verbally abusing the living daylights out of me, telling me that I wasn't going to, I wasn't doing anything right and I was never going to be anything. And I was on the, on the way home uh, one, one night and I just had enough. Like I was in a lot of pain from losing my dog. I didn't have her to really go home to anymore. She was like my little supporter. If you can, if you can, if I can say that. Also, I didn't have my, the girl that I uh, quite loved at the time. So everything was just falling apart. My job, my relationships. So I thought, what's the point in being here anymore? Like I'm, I'm sick and tired of life. And I was in the wrong, wrong frame of mind. So as I'm driving home, I aim for, I, I put my foot on the accelerator and go for about 120 kilometers an hour which is pretty fast for those people in the States listening to this straight towards a, whatever I could hit first and happened to be a telegraph pole. So I go straight directly towards it and I take my hands off the wheel and I sit in my car. I'm just, you know, waiting, waiting for that impact, but the impact never came because I noticed, and I don't know if you believe in God at all, Emma, but the steering wheel turned. And I'm watching the steering wheel turn. It's turning away from my line directly to the telegraph pole onto back onto the road. And then it was just like this moment hit me. I, I slam on the brakes. I come to a complete stop. I go over to the side and I'm just bawling in tears. I'm like reaching out to God. I said, God, I need you to do something in my life. I need you to change it in some way. I need to go somewhere, please. And then that moment, a song comes on the radio. I kid you not. It was, I need a miracle by third day. For those of you who don't know, check out the song. It's a powerful song. And um, I drove home and that was uh, a catalyst in my life because not long after that, I, uh, we end up getting a new dog and then things start changing a little bit by little bit in my life, but I was still miserable. I was still, I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know my worth. So fast forward to towards the end of 2019, when I, things aren't going too well in my real estate career and um, I had to leave. So when I left, I started applying for jobs. I applied for so many different jobs and I had all these doors open up for me. Like there was so many different doors. One in particular was very, very curious and one that I uh, was very enticing. I really wanted to go down it. Um, it was a, a job for a recruitment company. Out of 180 applicants down to a group of six, I was one of the six. It was a group interview. I hate group interviews. I wasn't, my mind, my heart wasn't really in it. I thought, why the hell not go? 
see how it transpires. I'm going to just be me. If they don't like me, so be it. I'll go somewhere else. I go there. turns out they liked me enough. I spoke with uh, the, the CEO for 10 minutes. And I was in this moment, Emma, that sort of made me realize my purpose and really led me to doing what I'm doing today. I'm sitting there. And the first question he asked me was, so Jay, why do you want to work here? And I said to him almost immediately, I was like, I want to help people. And I didn't really understand the meaning behind that at, the, at that present moment. I was more focused on, okay, I want to help people get a job, which is, I can definitely do that. I've been doing that with real estate, been helping people get their house and had done pretty well at it towards the end. But as I'm going home on the train, I'm thinking and, and further processing and doing some reflection. And I realize there's got to be something more to me just helping someone get a job or a house. What if I, and I started thinking about my own story, the, the kind of painful experiences and moments that I had been through, not just recently, but even in further in my past. And I realized there are people out there in the world today that they have a story. And their story currently is, I'm worthless, I'm not enough, I can't do this. And those are all the same stories that I, I had felt and I had experienced in my own life. And I realized in that moment, well, what if I told my story, but not in a negative way, but in a positive way and said, if I can go from here, all this negative uh, what people would see as negative and all this pain. And if I can translate that into something that is positive using my story and saying, you can too, then maybe there's something there. And then I also thought, how about I unbox other people's stories that we hardly ever hear about, or we do hear about a lot of, but what if I ask them questions that no one else really asked them? And what if that became the story box, another, another avenue of, really helping and reaching people with these incredible, inspiring stories. And I was like, that's my purpose. My purpose is I want to help people realize their worth and reach their full potential. So even at the same time, I was also uh, working with a, a friend of mine to build a film business, which didn't end up going anywhere. We were going to do this podcast together. I had asked him, come on board as being a co-host. But things didn't work out well with that. And I'm so thankful to God that it didn't because who knows where the story box would be. It wouldn't be what it is today. I guarantee you that. It's something completely different entirely. But uh, I started reaching out to people in around October of 2019. And people just said, yes, they were just my friends, uh, someone that I had uh, close relationships with the film related aspect of it counselors that I had seen so nothing too extreme or special my uncle is in the film industry he's a special makeup effects artist I never really spoken to him too much about his story so I sat with him and unboxed his story and then this one moment in October I reached out to uh, a, a man that in real estate uh, for here in Sydney, Australia was quite the, the best in the business. And I had heard about his name all the time that I was working in real estate. 
And uh, I was like, well, what if I reached out to him? Back then he had 9,000 followers and I thought that was like a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thought, you know, he's, ne- he's probably not going to get back to me, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I sent him a DM, told him who I was, uh, my mission, what I, was, what I would like. And he got back to me pretty much very quickly. And he said, let's do this. We organize a time and a date. I, the day arrives, I get in my car, drive about an hour and 45 minutes to the location where we had planned to meet. I get there and I'm told by his assistant that he's no longer there. He's back down in Sydney, which is about an hour and 35 minute drive in the other direction, the Sydney city. And I was like, okay, here is a, here's a moment. So I could either reschedule to a different day, which then probably is going to mean that I might not get him or I can call him up right now, organize a time for today and just meet him wherever he wants to meet. She gave me his phone number and I was nervous as anything because like he's the number one real estate agent. (laughs) I was freaking out. He's a big guy. So I was like, uh, hi. And Matt, the, the guy's name is Matt Steinway. And he goes to me, well, let's meet at Hyde Park in Sydney, uh, the city at this, this time. I'm like, done. I'll be there. I get in my car. I drive all the way there. I'm late, about 15 minutes. Uh, I needed to go to the toilet really bad. And I don't even know my own city that well. I didn't even know where the fountain was in Hyde Park, which he had told me to meet in. So I, I, I'm frantically looking for a bathroom while also looking for this fountain. Maybe I might bump into it and apologize. But thank God there were like these runners there for some event that knew their city better than I did. And I, It's a I massive up, city for the record. I never figured it out. <laughs> it's, it's a huge city, but it's still huge. like I've been, I've been living there for 23 years <laughs> up until that point. You think you'd know a little bit more than what I did. <laughs> but um, Anyway, so I asked this guy, I'm like, so where's this fountain in Hyde Park? And he points me in the direction, like, you're not far from it. And I said, where is the toilet too? So he points me there. Uh, and then after I, I finish uh, going to the toilet, I get a phone call and it's Matt. He's like, where are you? And I've gone, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm about a minute away. I, I get there, I'm sweating. Now here's not a good uh, first impression. You're late. Secondly, watch the clothes you're wearing. I was wearing a sarcastic T-shirt. It was Harvard, just kidding underneath. Uh, my, my shorts, the back of them, I didn't know were ripped. Uh, so you could, <laughs> uh, and I was sweating a lot because it was a hot day. But I get there. He has this huge smile on his face. I shake his hand. It was like my hand was like being squeezed. The life <laughs> of it was being taken from it. But he was just so present, so amazingly kind and and um nice we sat there for 20 minutes i got to ask him questions i had my old ipad pro and i was like nervously asking him questions but that was my first big interview and when i went away from that i was on this high i mean we spoke about being on a high before this but i was on this great big high and i'm like this is exactly what i want to do this is what i need to do and so from then, one after the other. And that's my long-winded story of how it became the story box. Awesome. Wow, like so much there. So much there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now the story box, which has, you've recorded over what, like 
300 episodes or something like that and like published 130 what is it so i've published over 130 almost yeah 130 yeah and i have interviewed over 450 plus people wow i haven't counted since 450 but i know it's higher than that um yeah so it's a lot yeah (laughs) i I release three episodes a week now um even that's hard to sort of maintain like so much content that you got to put out there for people and and i also reach out to people every single day so there's that um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's quite a a challenge to say the least but i love it and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't change it honestly even putting out one episode a week, I was just thinking about this today and I was talking, we spoke earlier, I have a friend, like he's becoming a close friend who also has a podcast and we were talking today how hard it can be just to do one episode is what we've, we both put ourselves to. And I'm getting to the point, I'm at a point right now where I have so much, um, it's a good feeling. It's not, um, as a podcaster where you have so much content in the, like, the backlog that I'm like, what I consider putting out two a week, but I don't know. That's just, it's just so much work goes into it. And I think a lot of people don't see that. Like there's so much backend stuff. I do a lot of editing for mine. Not many people do. Some people don't edit it at all, but, um, and then like with a podcast episode, sometimes I, I don't feel like it's going to a waste, but I just mean there's so much that you could recreate with everything in just one episode. So if you have over 135 published episodes, it's like, the possibilities are endless. So, wow, dude, you're doing, you're doing awesome things. I love talking to people that are, it doesn't matter what they're doing, but when you can just tell they're passionate about it, they're in alignment and they're pursuing your purpose, as you said, you're doing that lights me up. Just being around someone like that, hearing that it's just, it's magic and it's, it's awesome. So yeah. I will say one of the mistakes I did make early on, and this is one of the, um, one of my regrets is I didn't start earlier releasing two episodes a week. And the reason why I said that was because a friend of mine that I was actually speaking with on an episode of the podcast, he rips me literally on the episode (laughs) and he says, why aren't you, you've got all this content in the backlog. Why aren't you releasing more than one a week? And I said, well, I don't have time. He's like, well, make time. He's like, even if you, even if you just like, don't edit anything. And I was like mm-hmm. the same mindset, right? I've got to edit. I've got to make it professional because I was a perfectionist. So even if like you don't edit it, you just put it out as it is. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm making so many mistakes. I don't want people to realize that I make so many mistakes. And he said, don't worry about it. He just, just get the content out there and you won't be uh, so wound up and, and you're not going to have people all the time asking you, hey, where's my episode? Why haven't you released it yet? And I was like, oh, Okay, so that's when I made the commitment right then and there on the episode, I'm going to start doing two a week. And then uh, I was like, well, I'm doing two a week. This is a lot of effort, a lot of work. But I somehow made the time to do three episodes a week. I found a solution, an easier uh, way of, of processing all the, all the content. And I guess my skill, if I can say that, with interviewing and all the mistakes that I had sort of made along the way, uh, they sort of got a bit better. Like I started making less mistakes. And if I made a mistake, I didn't care about it. I just put it in mm. there. Because that's showing you're authentic. You, you're a human being. Like you do make mistakes. Doesn't 
matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be like this high end, high professional podcast at the very, very start. I know we all want it to be, but unfortunately it's not going to be that way um, for everybody, you know? So once we get past the, I guess, the perfectionistic nature, which I still have, and I still sort of have to kick myself up the backside and say, hey, stop it. Like just release this because people need to hear this. And it, it's always going back to your, your why. Why am I putting out this content in the first place? Is it for me? Is it because uh, I sound bad or is it because I really want to help somebody else? So when I look at it like that, I realize, okay, it's not about me anymore. It's about everybody else mm. that needs to hear this. So that would be my advice to you is start now and you won't, be, you won't end up with 450 plus episodes <laughs> and only releasing 130 plus. You still got a lot in the, in the can. So You must yeah. have so many of those drives of like the audio. You know what I mean? I just got an external drive. Like I have no storage on my computer and I have so many drives. Oh, I thought that was my drive. Yeah. That's, dude, like you are speaking to my soul right now because that's it. Like I don't edit the conversation. I don't. I edit um, when I say um, which I just did. I edit that sometimes or I'll edit the sound quality because I'm a little bit OCD about that. I'm OCD about a lot of things, but um, definitely that or just little bumps and stuff like that. So it's so interesting you say that. To be honest, another one of my concerns is so right now I have a lot on the go and this is just like recently and I think it it is contributing touch wood to a mindset shift that I had in regards to this podcast I felt I was very much um I'm going kind of this is a bit wooey but I'm really into masculine feminine energy okay so nothing to do with gender I'm not sure if you're familiar with it but I was very in the masculine in regards to my podcast whereas recently I felt as though I stepped into the feminine meaning I just allowed it I just allowed it to happen I allowed it to be what it is I don't need a plan I don't need to become obsessive about it and things are just really falling into place this episode for example I literally sent you a dm and we were just chatting which is never how I really ask people to come on my podcast, I very much send them a structured email um, saying what I do and things I want to talk about. Whereas we were just chatting and I was like, hey, by chance you want to come on the curious one? And it worked out, you know? Um, But what I worry about, this is me being vulnerable, is me running out of content. You know what I mean? So say I'm posting (laughs) two a week and then do you get what I mean? Uh, Yes, I had the same, same feeling. Okay. I I started, but trust me, like if you're reaching out to people and you're slowly building uh, everything, I had no idea, literally, I had no idea that the story box would blow up the way Mm -hmm. that it did. But I, I realized looking back now, I had worked so damn hard every single day to get interviews and I didn't start releasing them. I wasn't looking at how many I was actually doing compared to how many I was releasing. So I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm going to run out of of content. So I had that fear in the, in, in the forefront of my mind. So therefore I kept reaching out to more people and doing more interviews. Mm. And then that was where I I should have said, hang on a minute, slow down a little bit and start. Maybe you've got to change things up a little bit. So maybe you've got to release two episodes to try and keep up with the demand because if you really want this, if you really want it to grow, it yeah. will grow. If you're not seeing any growth now, that is okay. It's still in the early stages. Like how long have you been doing this for? I actually started mine around, it seems like the same time I started at the beginning of 2020. 
So yeah. I released it in February of 2020 was when it launched. So you've done 30 something episodes at the moment that you've released. One yeah, I released, yeah, 37 I've released of my own. Was that one a week? Uh, less than one a week. It's only in the past probably like six months that I got serious about releasing one a week. So how many episodes do you currently have that haven't been released? Oh, well, well, I have a bunch lined up to record in the coming like three weeks, but I think I have archived two conversations, which is like normally a lot for me, if this makes sense. Mm. I don't know. In my head, it might not sound like a lot, but like coming up in the next few weeks, I have a lot of recording to do and I was planning out when it'll release and I have a big backlog, if that makes sense. It does. Or I will have a backlog. I completely understand with you. Mm-hmm. But for me and where I wanted the story box to go, my vision and my plan, it involved getting some higher profile people. So my plan was, okay, I've got to get this person and build it as quickly as I possibly can. And so I reached out to some high profile people to start off with smaller people. Didn't matter who it was. I was building that, that connection mm-hmm. and the more people I got, I was like, okay, this is, this is all right. So the story box went from just one episode a week to then two to now three. And the reason why I started with three was because I had on uh, Friday, I had this idea of doing like a reflection Friday where the audience can really hear me speak. But I realized that's not what I'm really that passionate about me talking on my own show. So people can hear my advice. Nah, I love having people share their advice because I know some of it is a lot better than mine. And I was more worried that I would run out of content to actually speak about on my own show. So therefore I had all these, these backlog interviews. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing three a week now, no matter how hard it actually is. And so I created these, these quicker processes and I spend at least if I have a day, my weekends are sort of taken up with editing, making sure that everything is ready to go. I wasn't doing video back then either. I recently started doing video. I think it was in October last year. Uh, so it's a lot. Everything is just like it takes us time. And you, uh, my advice to you is you know when you are ready to mm. move to the next step. Sometimes you don't even know. Just take the first step anyway. You never know where it's going to take you. Could take you somewhere bad, but that's okay. Could take you somewhere good, that's even better. You know, but at least you're taking that, that first step towards something and like good on you for, you know, starting. Cause the hardest thing for some people is, is starting, let alone continuing on. Mm-hmm. Like some people, they start a podcast and six months later they stop or they realize it is too difficult to actually edit the thing. They don't realize the nature of the beast before they start. They think, okay, well, I'm going to start a podcast. It's great. You know, it, it's it seems simple because I'm listening to all these episodes. I know because I felt the same way. Yeah. But when I started it, I was like, hang on a minute. This is crazy. This <laughs> is a, a podcast big... host. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <Like>, yes. <laughs> I have to actually plan for these interviews. I have to yeah. do research. Yeah. <laughs> I've, to, uh, I've got to think of questions now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I've got to do the, all, all the back end. The post-production. Yeah. Post. And then I was like, well, crap, what have I got myself into? <laughs> but it's like, but it is, I, like I said at the beginning, I wouldn't change any of it mm. for the world. And the days you have that you feel like is going nowhere are the days that 
are exactly where it is going somewhere. You just haven't seen it yet. Ooh. So I always say keep going. Don't stop. Cause I had one Thank of those you. days yesterday. Trust oh me. my goodness. Stop it. You literally, it wasn't yesterday when you released the episode of Tony Robbins. No, oh, uh, that was two on days before. Monday. Oh, okay. Monday. Oh yeah. And you're on a day ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay so i'm in the future yeah you are you are it's always trippy i want to ask a question about that because you are you have had such these like i call them heavy hitters so what does your process look like when you reach out to people like do you have any tips uh, around people that are pitching to these bigger people i know you spoke a bit about it before but can you give advice to what you want to include in that pitch how you want to go about it etc so firstly, I will say, be persistent to remain consistent at the things that you want. So if you really, really want this person on your show, doesn't matter how long it takes you to get them, uh, be persistent at it because then, then you won't forget. Then you'll continue to, I guess, reach out to them. Uh, you're not being annoying. You're not uh, being disrespectful. I think uh, mm. so for me, I created a wish list, right? Like I still... If I can show you, it's it's in my book, my journal. So, and so have that, you had that since day one? I've had that since day one. Okay. So the the names on, on that list, I'll read some of them out for you. Yeah, so number this was one, one of my questions. <laughs> number one was Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Number two was Guess Who? Tony Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> number three was Lewis House. I'm a huge fan of his podcast. Sandra Bullock. Uh, the guy who wrote The Alchemist, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, me neither, but oh my gosh, if you got him, that'd be amazing. Jay Shetty, Robin Sharma, David Goggins, Brene Brown, Simon Sinek, Matthew McConaughey, Damon John, Jordan Peterson, Oprah, Jocko Willink, Mark Manson, Will Smith, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Mike Rowe, Larry King, Gary V, Kevin Hart, Nicholas Sparks, The Rock. Chris Nolan, and the list goes on and on and on. Those are just some of the names. And guess what? It's taken me how long? About a year and a bit. But I got the second person on my list, and I got the 13th person on my list, and then also the 20th person on my list too. Yeah. That started out as a wish list who I thought I never would even get them Mm. in this amount of time. So what I did was for Tony Robbins, here's a little trick for people. I don't know if I should share this, but. <laughs> uh, I can cut this out. <laughs> but it's, so I, I interviewed a lot of people. And I think the main important thing about podcasting in general is building relationships with people. Like don't look at it from a point of view is what can I, can I take from this person? Because they're going to say automatically or think, no way am I going to want to go on this person's podcast because they just want to take my time. And a person's time is the most valuable resource they have, way above money, way above anything else. So if you're respecting their time and saying, hey, uh, I have this, this show, I want to bring value to you. So the key is I want to bring value as much as... as much value as I possibly can, whether or not that is providing you some finances, if you ask for it, whether or not it's promoting your book, if I can, if I do have the audience for it, or it's having a genuine, organic, enriching conversation that they actually enjoy. Because you've got to think, 
these people that you're speaking with have been on several other podcasts. They're probably being asked the same question on a repeat basis, day in and day out. So they get sick of it. They think, oh, here's another podcaster wanting to, you know, take up my time, ask the same mundane questions. So I love it when I get to shock a guest member with a question or Mm -hmm. my goal is going in to get them to say, great question. Because then their brain is, is tuning. So I'm always thinking, what hasn't been asked? So I'm doing research, either listening to their episodes with different guests or, or hosts, uh, and then trying to figure out what can I bring? What value can I bring to them? Not only that, that brings value to them, but brings value to my audience and people that are listening. So that's one, another piece of advice that I would give to people. The way you approach somebody as well, the first instance is mm-hmm. also valuable. So some, most of the time, when you reach out to people, you're not going to get them directly. You're going to get their publicist, their, their uh, assistant, you name it. Yeah. So you've got to try and provide as much information about your podcast as humanly possible. You know, detail, detail, detail. But you've also got to understand that these people get over a thousand plus emails a day. So what makes your email different to all the other emails that they get? Try not to get into spam folders, by the way, because it does happen. So I'm always thinking, okay, what's my approach? What are the first things that I'm saying? What's going to hook them in? What's going to build credibility? What's going to show all that? There's so many different things that I could say, but you'll figure it out as you go along like I did. I can't reveal all the secrets, I'm afraid. (laughs) That's (laughs) fine. as, As you go along, you're going to start realizing some very, very important lessons and you're going to make quite a bit of mistake mistakes along the way too that's okay you're gonna learn a lot like i did i made so many mistakes i got so many rejections in fact even today i get rejected almost like 10 times a day Mm -hmm. which is a lot but sometimes i always say to people even though you get rejected once that one no is not a no it is a not now that's the way i look at it so i'm always keeping their contact information for later on because you never know later on down the track when someone might actually say yes. For example, I reached out to one particular person. They said no to me 10 times, 10 times. Then finally, towards the end of the year, they said yes because number one, I was persistent. Number two, I kept the relationship. Number three, I was respectful. And number four, I did not give up. So that's what I will say to you and to anyone listening is if, if you've got to create that mindset of, of if you want this, go after it. Persist, persist, persist. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There's so much, so much value there. Like, especially this is applicable for, for anyone, whether you have a podcast or not, if it's anything that you want to do. Um, but but specifically for a podcast, this is, this is insane. I can't believe you're sharing it. I'm honored. Like, um, but one thing I want, I want to go back. This just like popped into my head because, um, I know my own views on it, but so I see that you have everything written down on that list there. Is that something that you do regularly? Like, do you write out lists? Do you do like a vision board or or set goals, write out your goals? So I'm holding up my, my journal. This is what I call my, my Eagle journal. Uh-huh. This was given to me by a close friend of mine as a gift. And on the, on the cover, it has a Bible verse. It's actually my life verse on it, which 
I'll read it out for you guys. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And that's from Isaiah 40 verse 31. The cover of the title is The Wings Like Eagles. And I have written down some personal goals in there because I know that if I can look back on them, then I'm going to understand that the moment I do get weary, the moment I do get tired, I can go back to this and I can understand, well, I'm on the path of an eagle. I follow the way of an eagle. I have the heart of an eagle. So therefore, I'm not going to give up. And if I've written it down, that means it's gospel. This is what I really, really want. So I'm going to go after it. And like an eagle, I, I'm going to persist. Like I use this analogy, when an eagle wants to eat, what does it do? It goes hunting. But before an eagle strikes, it, it's focused. It's ever so intently focused on what it really, really wants before it strikes. Then when it makes a decision, okay, I need to strike at this moment, it strikes. But what happens when it misses? It gets back up, climbs, soars back up into the, into the sky and tries again. It keeps on going. Keep on going. Doesn't stop. That is persistence. That's what I am. I am like an eagle. I, yeah, no matter what it is, uh, if, if it's even the smallest things, I will write it down. Small goals, big mm. goals, doesn't matter what it is. Um, I've, got, I've got books. I've got, um, I have a lot of stuff on my, on my computer that I do write down. Um, I've written my first book, which is excitingly getting edited at the moment. So I didn't expect that to happen this early on. And then I just finished my second book. And then I have an idea for a third book. So these things, they do happen because I wrote it down and I was like, I want this. So in order for me to achieve it, I've got to go after it. So hopefully that answers your question. 100%. I love that. I, that's been a huge shift for me is, is writing things down. And like I've journaled for a few years now and it's been mind boggling to to look back at them, to go through them. I was looking through mine from 2020 and I figured out the day that I recorded my very first episode of my podcast. So that's this Sunday and I'm actually recording an episode. And so it'll be so crazy to, to like kind of come full circle in a year's time and, and just kind of see. But also too, it's, it's, I completely agree with you. If you write it down, it can happen. But also too, before that, if I think that if you can even just comprehend something or like think of an idea, if you can think of it as cliche as it sounds, it's like you can achieve it. You have been the universe, God, whatever you want to call it has put that in your mind and like created all these chemicals to have that one thought for a reason, you know, and, and it was meant for you to, to have that thought and to, uh, make it manifest. Um, so I completely don't, don't completely lose agree. your journal, by the way. Oh yeah, have you lost one? <laughs> no, but I'm oh. saying like don't oh. ever <laughs> lose those, those journals yeah. because yeah. <laughs> I well, I have that internal battle because um, I actually when I went traveling, I I went on this crazy minimalism journey, and I I traveled with just a carry on for like quite a long time, almost almost half a year, and I love the minimalists. So it's Joshua Fields Melbourne and Ryan Nicodemus, and 
um, Joshua always talks about, he's a author and he always talks about how he gets rid of his journals. He lets them go. So then I was like, I had this, this moment where I was like, should I let this go? Like it's heavy. I don't have a lot of room in my bag and I'm, I'm so happy I, I didn't because it's, I've concluded that I, I'm not the kind of person that wants to let them go. I want to look back on them. I think they'll be valuable in the future as well. So yeah, I completely agree. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> You never know how much like, it's good to often, oftentimes reflect on where you came from, mm. what your mindset was back then compared to what it is now. Cause mm-hmm. we all go through that transitional period where we're developing as human beings, our minds are growing and expanding from new thoughts, new, new ideas that we get. And I find myself every single day, I was, I'm different today than who I was yesterday. My mindset is always, always expanding to something new. What can I learn new today that I didn't know yesterday? And if I can write that down, then I have something to go back on to say, hey, I did believe this before. I, I learned this before. Now, how is it, how has that idea or that thought expanded or how has it changed to something else? So I mm-hmm. love how, I love doing that. Like um, I, only recently, like the last maybe three, four years, started journaling. Mm-hmm. And they won't be like these long essays at all. It'll just be like these little dot points. Like I learned this today. Here's my goal. Here's, this is what I'm thinking. And here's an idea. And then I'll either expand upon it further in, in, on my laptop or I'll, I'll write it down elsewhere. So I think journaling is, is a profound, there's like a lot of science behind it when you write things down you remember it more rather than like uh speaking it i mean everybody's different their learning styles are always different yeah. but the kinesthetic aspect i think everyone has that ability uh unless you're yeah but everyone has that ability to just sort of write things down remember and yeah uh, i think it's, it's a great thing yeah yeah yeah, I completely agree. I just realized the time we are just flying by here. So I'm going to I'm going to be aware of that because so now I'm going to go back to my to my list here because I have a bit of a list. But <laughs> Okay, what do I want to We we've honestly like naturally just covered a lot a lot of these these through our conversation. But I want to ask you, okay, I'm going to give you this one now. So you've you've had so many conversations and you could look at what you defined as successful episode in so many different ways in regards to the amount of downloads, you could do the content, the connection you had with the guest, etc. So I'm curious, what is one of your favorite episodes or one that you're most proud of and why would that be? Well, right now my favorite episode hasn't even happened yet. Has it been recorded? No, but it's, uh, it's on my wish list. Uh-huh. It- I know it's going to come one day, but yeah. I, I know that the best conversation that I ever will have for me personally, I know mm-hmm. I've had so many, but I've always, always wanted to speak with Steven Spielberg and just get to know him, his story, hear his advice, his wisdom. I'd be like a kid in a candy store. I really would. I'd be so mesmerized. I think that would be the, like the one interview that I would go absolutely crazy for or on while I'm speaking to him, just trying to like focus on the next question <laughs> and just be in the moment. But one that I have already recorded uh, now that I, 
I loved and got a lot from, I think Dr. Edith Egger, that mm. episode was pretty powerful because she got something from me that I've never really shared before with anyone on any other, you know, podcast or really spoke to people in person about apart from my own family. So me like extending that to somebody that I didn't really even know that said something. And I was vulnerable in that moment because I felt this, this woman's energy, this woman's um, kindness and her, her love just extending towards me and realizing that this woman had been through far worse than what I had been through, but yet she was so positive. She was so uh, full of life and, and giving, and she's 93 years old for goodness sake. Like that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just like her smile, her, her nature, her, her person, her character, that, that for me was contagious. So mm. I just, I really highly enjoyed that conversation even though I probably talked more than she did. Um, I wish it went further than, than what it did. I really do. So more people can actually feel inspired and helped by this woman's message and her meaning uh, behind it. But that's just one of, I guess, the many, many interviews that I have done. I mean, all of them in some way have been, quote, in my opinion, successful yeah. in, in different respects. But the ones that I, I truly remember... Uh, they make a huge imprint on my heart and my mind and I'll never forget them. I mean, all of them in some way have, but yeah, there's those little ones, mm-hmm. little golden nuggets. That's awesome. I, it's, I completely agree. It's almost, that's such a hard question because it's like your children. It's like, you can't pick a favorite one. And also <laughs> too, as much as like the podcast is a public thing and, and content for other people to consume, I think you and I have a very similar mindset of regardless if this was to be recorded and shared or not, I would still love to have this conversation. And that's almost the foundation of it is just connecting with someone else. And so at the same time, it's also beautiful that you can record that and go back to it. So as much as you have an amazing conversation with someone, you feel super inspired and motivated in those low moments. Sometimes I go back and listen to my own episodes and I don't listen for myself. I'm the same as you. I don't have some, my, I want my guests to share their story. And so I listen back to my guests, but it's, it's so interesting to have it in, in your kind of channel, you know, because it was your podcast. So it, it hits you. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you another one. Um, in regards to your podcast, what has been one of your biggest obstacles or challenges you faced so far and how did you overcome it? Well, I still face rejection on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And like it's a constant daily battle to overcome that rejection because it doesn't get any easier, trust me. Like it just... It just does. That's actually comforting. That's comforting, actually. (laughs) Like, seriously, the moment you get rejected by somebody that you've been trying to get on for ages, it's just like, oh, okay, there's another one. But Mm -hmm. you got to get, go, I go back to my, okay, well, this is not now. Yeah. It's not a no for me. I know it's going to be a yes later on. So, how can I turn that into, into a yes? And, you know, I have, yesterday I had a deflating day. Like, you will have those, those moments and those days, but, then I go back to, I thank God for my mum because she's like, she's like, look how far you've come, Jay, in a <laughs> short period of time. Like you, you just, there's no other young person that I know of or she knows of or other people know of that have been able to build something so quickly and get like, 
and she just like gives me a slap in the face. Like you just got to remove your own ego, remove your own mm. pride, get back to a place of humility. And she's, she's asking me, she's like, so go back to why are you really doing this? Is it for you? So you can get these high profile guests so you can be quite famous or what is it really for? And I think that helps overcoming the rejection, going back to your why, going back to your mission and your vision. Now, your vision is the most important. Your mission serves the vision. Okay, so your vision is where you want to take it to extend into the future. Your mission is, okay, what do you want people to see this as? What do you want to get out of this the most? And they both serve each other, but vision is the most important. So that's how I usually deal with rejection and also unwind, like remove yourself from it, go for a run, do some exercise, eat some ice cream. So yesterday I ate some ice cream, like, you know, just be a human for once because a business will sometimes when you face rejection, it will suck the life out of you, but don't give up. Just once again, keep persisting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome advice. Um, Okay. I want to ask you another one. What? So, so you, okay. So as I was getting ready for this episode, I clearly was not only listening to your episodes, but what I think is gold for when you're interviewing a podcaster is listening to them already on another episode. I don't know why I find you just get way more information about them. So since you've been doing more interviews and I've seen, you've been in a lot of articles, including the live wires 40 under 40, which is insane. Congratulations. Um, what is one question that you have not been asked yet that you are waiting and hoping for someone to ask you? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, <laughs> one question I'm hoping for, um, I don't really know, actually. I don't think I've really, I think it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I don't really think about that on a, on a regular basis. I'm more or less trying to ask people questions to other people, not yeah. to ask me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then think- I'll, fl- I'll flip it. So then how, because I listen to your podcast and you come up with the like I'm a podcaster. I come up with questions. I'm also just like, like half the time my questions are not me like curating them. Like I genuinely just think them, but how mm. do you come up with your questions? Sometimes, sometimes they're so unique. As you said, you're always trying to ask the questions kind of outside of the box. Like, do they just come to you or, or what? Sometimes in the moment they come to me and yeah. other times I'm like, I'll think of a question, like my standard question at the end, like my legacy question, I thought, okay, I'm not just going to ask someone, what do you, what do you want your legacy to be? I'm like, well, let's flip it. Let's be some, something creative here. People like movies, right? People like seeing things, hearing things. So then I just kind of created this uh, question around that of what do you want people to see if you were to have this film of everything you've ever done and said, in your life shown to you what do you want it to to say and show in -hmm. front of your friends or family or even even the world and that sort of gives people a little bit of a kick in in the brain well okay what's my integrity like what do i want people to really see about my life that because everything is going to be on display everything Mm -hmm. so what do i want people to actually see 
and how they're going to respond to my life and how I live my life. That I think is, is a better legacy to leave behind when people actually see that you gave a damn about your, your integrity, your character, your truths, rather than falling in line with what everyone else is, is saying or telling you to do, what society has conditioned many people to believe. So that really for me is um, like, I, I try and get those, ask those kinds of questions, sorry, to people because that's where meaning is. That's where you need to know the answers to those questions, not just out of my curiosity, but you need to know it so you can further improve your own life. So then you can be more curious and you can go out and, and seek more answers to that, res- that response if you do have any. And that's like me. Like sometimes I, I'm get, I get given a short amount of time with somebody and I, have, I end up with so many more questions that I want to ask them. But sometimes you just got to, in the moment, be present as much as you possibly can be and then try and figure out, well, what does this person or what has this person never been asked before? You know, like that's what I'm always in, in the forefront of my brain when I'm, I'm in, the, in the moment with people. That's what I'm trying to do, trying to think, okay, what have you not been asked before? And that's also doing research behind them, uh, looking up their backstory, you know, and then I guess listening to other interviews that they've done, if they have done any, and trying to think, well, how's their attitude towards this question? Because sometimes you do want to get context and you want to ask similar questions. But mm-hmm. yeah, I say like just be curiously present. I love that. I even, you know what? One question that I thought was so good, and, and I left these people out of your bio and in your intro, but they're two of the, I think the, the most amazing people you've interviewed is Tom and Lisa Bilyeu. And you asked mm-hmm. them how they how they met, or even um Mark Manson, how he met his partner. Like that is true. Like I was like, you asked that, and I was listening. I was like, yeah, like I'm so curious. How did he meet her? Like we always just hear about his book, or we always hear about impact theory, but it's like, wait, where did this begin? So I just want to say hats off to you. You asked some amazing questions and it's, it's inspiring for me. So we're, we're coming up to our, the end of our time here. So I want to ask you one more question and it is a, one of your questions and it's not the legacy <laughs> question. And I think I know part of the answer, but it was, this is a question you ask all the time on your podcast for people that don't know, but you ask if you could ask one person dead or alive, who and what would it be? So I think I know who, who it would be, but I'd want to know what the question would be. So you, you can answer the full thing yourself. Damn, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think about this question a lot, actually. And I don't think it's a cop out to want to ask, I guess, Jesus or God, um, if you believe in that. Like, why did you create all this? Why did you create me in particular? Like, what was your purpose behind creating me out of all the other people? you could have created and you probably did. Why did you give me life? And why did you save me all those times? Like I could have died several times in my life already. Two-year-old, 14-year-old, 19-year-old, 23-year-old. I could have gone to be with you, but yet you chose to keep me here. Why? And I know that he's got something big planned for my life. I don't know what it is yet. 
I'm still trying to figure that out. So if I could, then I'd ask him, lay out the plan for me. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to see it, you know? Um, yeah. I'm sick and tired of guessing all the time. Or, <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not how life works. But that would be the one question that I want to ask him is, show me my life. <laughs> Give me the blueprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I never even thought that that could be an answer. But I think I would ask this because I, I've thought every question I ask, I think, or I, I think of asking a guest, I'm like, well, what would my answer be? And that one I, I was really struggling with. I had many different avenues I went down. I thought you were going to say something about Steven Spielberg, but I think that was a really good answer yours. Steven Spielberg, <laughs> I got so many questions. I couldn't yeah. pick one for him. Like there wouldn't be just one. Yeah. But I, I guess for God, there would be like that one particular one that I, I, I really like desperately want to know. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your answers, your wisdom. Um, before we close out, how can people connect with you? How can they listen to your podcast? Um, all that jazz. Well, everything is available. The Storybox podcast, check out the, the show. Hope you guys get something from it. You know, I'm not about, you know, plugging myself at all. It's about plugging, uh, really the stories that are being unboxed on the story box. So it's available anywhere you want. Just search up the story box podcast or the story box, whichever floats your boat really. Um, and I hope you guys really enjoy it and don't be afraid to reach out if you ever need anything and I'll do my best to help. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your answers. Um, and thank you for the connection. I really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. This has been fun. Thank you. What an episode. I would like to take a moment to say thank you once again to Jay for coming on the Curious One podcast. I wanted to close out with this quote from Claire Michelle. If you allow all of your actions to be fueled by inspiration instead of obligation, your entire existence will become a living miracle. As always, I want to say a huge thank you to you, my listener, for your time and your attention. If you know of someone who is curious about podcasting or would gain value from Jay's personal story, please share this episode with them. While you're at it, it would mean the world to me if you could rate and review the podcast. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.